the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of the Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that we are alive and it is well with us. Thank you for bringing us into fellowship with you on this platform at this time. Holy Spirit, I yield my members to you, my tongue, my intellect, every part of my being is yours. Use me, possess me, and use me to be a blessing. I pray for everyone watching this broadcast at this time or watching thereafter. Let grace be released upon them. Let no man or woman tune into this broadcast now or whatever time they may be watching ever remain the same. Let the impact of your word bring transformation, healing, and deliverance in Jesus' precious name. Thank you that this service is a great blessing. In Jesus' matchless name, amen. Great, 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 great. If you've been following our teaching, we've been looking at growing in grace. Growing in grace. That's what we've been looking at from 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Peter 3, 18. The Bible said, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We have been called to grow. Spiritual growth is something that we are being called unto us. And then, so that's basically what we've been teaching for the past, I think, almost two months now. It's a joy. Just a little over here. Yeah, it's almost two months because we started somewhere last month and then uh, we interrupted it with another teaching and then we've come back to it. So it's great to have you join us. Come with me to First, first Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. The new King James Version, First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to Cana, as to babes in Christ. He says, I, brethren, I have fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able. He says, for you are still Cana, for where there are envy, strife, divisions among you, are you not Cana? and behaving like me and me. We have established that in this text, from verse 1 to verse 3, the apostle outlines or reveals to us three different groups of people. We have one as a baby Christian, we have one as a carnal Christian, and then, of course, we have the spiritual Christian. These three categories can be found in the verses above. And we have touched on we started with the baby Christian because, of course, it is the baby Christian who refuses to grow, who ends up as a carnal Christian. And then the baby Christian who grows becomes a spiritual Christian. So, you see, that's how it works. Paul saw all of these guys as one people. So, he said, I, brethren, he addressed them as a brethren. Brethren means that people who have received Christ and 
made him their Lord and their Savior. These were believers. They were not unbelievers. And some of them were carnal. Some of them were still operating like babies. Others had gone on into maturity and had grown to become adults. And that is what God expects all of us. He expects us to grow. He says, as newborn babes, we are to desire the sincere milk of the word that we will grow thereby. God's expectation, his principal expectation of us, once we get born again, is to grow. He makes his word available to us so we can grow. He makes fellowship available to us so we can grow. So that is one of the most important things. And I said that until we know where we are, we will not be able to measure our growth and be able to even tell whether we are growing properly or not. So in this teaching, we started by looking at some characteristics. How do we know? So basically, I'm teaching on spiritual babies now. That's what we are on. We are looking at, are you a baby? And this, I think, is part three or part four. That's what we are on. Are you a baby? That's the question. What state are you? Are you a baby Christian? Are you a spiritual Christian? Are you a carnal Christian? The question today is, are you a baby? I'm sure that by instinct you may say you are not, but of course, scripture helps us to know who a baby is. When we look at the book of Proverbs chapter 20, verse 11, scripture tells us clearly that every child is known by their, the way they act. Children are known by the way they act. The New Living Translation says, children are known by the way they act. The King James says that every child is known by his doing. Every child. So if you are a spiritual baby, you will be known by your deeds. You will be known. In fact, Paul was speaking and he said, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I spoke as a child, I reasoned, I understood as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. That is to establish that when you are a baby, you think there's a way babies think, there's a way children behave, there's a way children conduct themselves. That's what basically Proverbs is also agreeing with Apostle Paul when he says that every child is known by the way they act. Every child is known by the way they act. So we have been exploring characteristics of babies, spiritual babies. We started, I think, I started actually with 14 characteristics, but I've just had to change it and I've increased it to 15. So we'll be looking at 15 characteristics of spiritual babies and we've already touched on a number of them. Last week, we touched on diet. Babies are known by their diet. Children eat, so are not able to consume solid foods. Children depend on milk. They depend on water. I mean, liquid foods are foods that children can easily take and digest. That's what children, and all of us, when we began our lives as babies, we started from there. I'm not sure that in your childhood, you, you had the courage or you had the appetite for solid foods. Those of us in Ghana, for foods like kenke or fufu or any of that, you know. You have to start from milk. And that's, that's because you're a child. That is what your digestive system can handle. And when you are also born again as a spiritual baby, there's something your digestive system can handle. And basically that's what we are looking at. So children are known by their diet. When Apostle Paul was speaking, he said, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Desire the sincere milk of the word. So children feed on milk. Paul said, when I came to you, I could not feed you with solid food. I gave you milk because you are babies. That is also established in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. The same thing is established there. Then we said that children are prone to envy and jealousy. No matter what a child has, 
when he sees something nice another person has another child has that child still goes his eye still goes after it so it may not be like they don't have anything sometimes what they even have may be more valuable than what other people have but when you are a child you are always looking for what other people have you must learn to be content with the things god has given you there is nothing god has given anybody he has not given you some all of us have been gifted in unique ways we are unique in our own ways and you must learn to appreciate other people's gift without feeling jealous or envious of them whatever they have god gave it to them and if god gave it to them he's capable of giving you your own in due time that is one of the things we see with children they are prone to envy and jealousy when you have a spiritual baby they they jealous they are gifted but they jealous other people's gifts they can sing but they jealous other people who may be able to usher they can preach very well and teach very well but they prefer to jealous people who may, be, who may have been gifted with a gift of prophecy and so they end up becoming fake prophets and all of those things i mean it doesn't it has no place it's not necessary whatever gift the bible said a man's gift make it away for him and bring it in before great men once you learn to hone your gift your gift by itself will usher you into greatness so you don't have you have no reason at all to jealous or envy anybody's gift number three we said children demand a lot of attention they demand children demand a lot of attention you always have to give them close attention they need a lot of attention and when somebody is a spiritual baby you have to give them a lot of attention that's why when new converts come to church we need to avail ourselves we need to be there for them we need to follow them up we need to call them consistently and show them greater attention and affection so they can become established if we don't learn to show new converts affection and love and give them the attention they need they will never be able to grow and they may not even last in the faith it's so important that we appreciate the uniqueness of spiritual babies and then deal with them while making the making quality effort to also grow out of it because you see the spiritual babyhood like i said last week is not a state you come into it's a state you are born into and it's not a state you are permitted to stay you have to move on you are born a baby and the objective is that now that you're a baby you will grow and scripture gives you all the things you need to grow and i pray that we will seize the various platforms the various opportunities god has given us to grow and then number four i said spiritual babies easily get offended babies can easily get offended spiritual babies in particular they get offended and you must understand that life offenses are inevitable if you are married your spouse will offend you you are in a workplace your spouse will offend you even in church you'll be offended and you must always know how to handle offense there is virtually nowhere you go in life where there are no offenses no if you don't want to be offended then maybe you should not be born or you just die because that is the only place you can be free but once you are born out of womb or the womb and you come into the world you will be faced with offenses look at what the bible says the bible says woe to the world because of offenses that is matthew chapter 18 woe to the world because of offenses matthew 18 verse 7 everyone in the world it will be exposed to offense at one point in time and scripture helps us to know how to deal with offenses if you are going to enjoy your christian life if you are going to have quality relationships with people you must learn how to deal with offenses they will come but when it comes to spiritual babies they easily take offense they are quick to take offense because see when you're a baby you expect that adults know it all so when adults eh, you are surprised and you can easily become offended at that 
It's very important. And then, of course, today we want to continue. Spiritual babies have a difficulty to forgive. They have a difficulty. They get offended easily, and they also struggle to forgive. That, that's the that's one challenge. Not only do they pick offense easily, they get offended easily, and they have a difficulty forgiving. You remember, Peter went to Jesus and asked him that, eh, how many times should I forgive if my brother offends me? And Jesus told him exactly how it, 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 it ought to be. Look at what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 to 32, the New Living Translation. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 to 32. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger. Take note, the things he's talking about. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all times of evil. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Did you see that? He says, get rid of bitterness. In other words, you cannot live a bitter, bitterness-free life until you learn to let go of things easily. If you take offense easily and you don't let go easily, you will live a bitter life. Your husband offends you, you record it, you put it in a diary, you will live a bitter life. Your wife offends you, you keep it in a diary, you live a bitter life. You can never be happy around such a person. No. You have to learn to let go of offenses. Forgive, let go of offenses. Because if you don't forgive offenses, it will build up, translate into anger, translate into bitterness. And you see that at the end of the day, you will destroy your life. You shall not destroy your life in Jesus' precious name. So spiritual babies have a difficulty forgiving. And most of the time, it's so because they expect that people will be perfect. When you're a baby, you think that life is supposed to go in a, a straight line. So when you are offended, you are surprised. And then you, you, you want to fight back. But it doesn't work like that. As you grow, you begin to see that things don't just work sometimes the way we expect it to work. And we must learn to forgive and move on. The subject of forgiveness is one subject that reveals the maturity of believers than most other things. If you are growing, that is one quality you'll be growing. If you are growing up spiritually in a healthy way, one quality that will be growing very strong in your life is the quality of forgiveness. And I realized that when it came to forgiveness, the disciples of Jesus actually requested for faith. I was surprised when I saw that because... Uh, you would have naturally thought that people will ask for faith. Increase my faith so I can heal the sick. Increase my faith so I can work miracles. But amazingly, when the disciples were confronted with the teaching on forgiveness, they went to Jesus and said, hey, we didn't know it's like this. Increase our faith. And I believe it's like that for most Christians. For most Christians, the subject of forgiveness is still a very difficult one. Someday, I hope to do an extensive teaching on it. Let's look at Luke chapter 17, verse 1 to 5. The New King James Version says, Then he said to his disciples, It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they come. Offenses are inevitable, they will come. Then he says, It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck, and he were thrown into the sea, than that he should offend one of these little ones. Verse 3. Take heed to yourselves if your brother sins against you. That's where Jesus is coming. Take heed to yourself if your brother sins against you. Rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Look at that. Now verse 4. He says, 
if he sins against you 70 times in a day and 70 times in a day returns to you saying i repent you shall forgive him amazing amazing it's, it's literally impossible so jesus was just giving an example that is literally impossible to happen eh? because it's impossible for one person to offend you 70 times in a day <laughs> it looks it looks like an impossible case in jesus is simply saying this that no matter how many times a person offends you you have to forgive you have to forgive so if you are to forgive 70 times in a day I mean, if you calculate it, 70 times, times, 30 days. How many times are you expected to forgive in a month? Limitless. That's why forgiveness is a virtue you must learn to cultivate. If you must enjoy your marriage, forgive. I, for a long time, have been practicing advanced forgiveness. So nobody offends me. I don't give people opportunity to offend me because I realize that offense is a very dangerous thing. So what I do is that I forgive people before they offend me. So before you offend me, I've already forgiven you. Why? Because I'm expecting that someday, because you are human, you are imperfect, you offend me. And so when you, for, you offend me, I forgive you in advance. And it really helped me in my work as a pastor, in my work, in my relationship with people, in my work as a husband. It really helped me. It makes my life easy. So my heart is very light very light that people have done things said things i mean <laughs> amazing things people that you've gone your way out to be a blessing to them sometimes when you hear some of the things they've said but because of the stand and the position i've taken it's always easier when i meet them a hundred times we can flow i can I, I still bless them i still whatever they need from me i'm ready to leave, leave give it to them why because my heart is free you see anything that will choke your heart you must avoid it because your heart is the hard disk of your life your heart is the hard disk of your life it's a control board of your life when your heart is in perfect shape your life is in shape but when your heart is loaded with bitterness and all kinds of things nothing you do ever go well may the lord preserve your life may your heart be purified and preserved in the name of jesus number six baby christians are more prone to carnality when we talk about carnality, we are simply talking about a Christian who lives his life at the soul level. You know, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. When you are a carnal Christian, you live your life at the mercy of your soul, at the mercy of your feelings, at the mercy of your thoughts, whether they are consistent with scripture or not. There are many things that, many thoughts that you'll be exposed to in your lifetime, sometimes through television sometimes through the social media sometimes through conversation in your office all kinds of thoughts and most of these thoughts sometimes conflict with the thoughts of scripture you know what the bible says it says for your thoughts are not like my thoughts neither are my ways like your ways and you know as a man thinking so is he so the way you think will affect the way you walk and most of the thoughts that sometimes we are bombarded with they are inconsistent with scripture thoughts of carnality thoughts that empower our flesh at the expense of our spirit and so one way we deal with them the bible said we should cast down every high thought that exalts itself above the knowledge of god vain imaginations carnal christians have not developed themselves in the world so they are not able to cast away some of these thoughts they have not fed the word of god to their soul 
They've not empowered their spirit. They've not consistently given themselves to practices that will strengthen their, their spirit in the inner man. You know, when your inner man is strength, you are able to subdue the outer man. You are able to subdue the outer man, your flesh, your mind, and all of this. You are able to deal with them and bring them under control when your inner man is strong. But when your inner man is weak, you are not able to do that. That's why baby Christians are more prone to carnality. They are being Christians, but you see that they are still living like people who are not born again. They still fall into those same sins, those same traps again and again. But I pray that the grace of God will lift you up. No more will you be a victim. In the name of Jesus, you are, you are being empowered in this impartation service. Fresh strength is coming into your inner man. And you subdue every outer cravings of your outer man in Jesus' precious name. Number seven. When you look at baby Christians, you also see that they lack stability. They lack stability. Children are very unstable. You know, a child, children first of all will sit, then they will crawl, then they will stand. And when a child begins to walk, you, you see how they, they, they lack a lot of stability. They are not able to stand on their feet straight. Sometimes they, they try to stand and then they fall. They lack stability. And that is also very common with spiritual babies. Spiritual babies lack stability. Look at Ephesians 4, verse 14 to 17 with me. He says, Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. And this is a generation where a lot of people are spewing out lies. And they've decorated them in such a way that they look like the truth, but they are not. Why? Because they are inconsistent with the word of God. The Bible says, sanctify them by thy word, for thy word is truth. If the thing cannot be found in the word of God, then it cannot be credited as truth. That's what the Bible says. But... Because spiritual babies are not enlightened, properly enlightened in the word of God, they, they easily get carried away. They easily get carried away. Any new teaching they follow. A spiritual baby can listen to somebody on radio, speak against pastors, speak against a uh, titan, and then a spiritual baby will decide, no, I will no longer tithe. That's a decision of a spiritual baby. A spiritual baby will hear that a brother in the faith has done something and then he gets affected and decides to act in a way that is ungodly. That's a spiritual baby. They are unstable. They, they, they move about easily. Spiritual babies cannot find a spiritual home. Today you meet them in this church, tomorrow they are in that church, tomorrow they are in the, They visit prayer camp after prayer camp and they end up, they become so gullible. People take advantage of them. Why? Because they lack stability. Spiritual babies don't have stability. If you meet a spiritual baby, he can't tell you who is his pastor. If you meet a spiritual baby, he can't tell you where he goes to church. When you go to church, oh, I, I visit churches every now and then. Listen, every person belongs to a home. There is no human being who has not got a home or a family. And for you as a spiritual being, you also belong to a spiritual home. That's why it's important that you allow the Holy Spirit to guide you and lead you to a place where you can call your spiritual home. The Bible said there is that those that be planted in the house of God shall flourish in the court of our God. When you are planted, you grow well. 
until you are planted you cannot grow if you keep on moving from one place to another one place it's just like a natural plant you it will never be able to grow and it's the same thing with your spiritual life the reason why you have not had consistent growth and consistent development is because you have not been consistent with anything you have to be consistent with your fellowship with god consistent learn to be consistent that's what maturity when you meet a mature person you see that a lot of things are consistent with them when a mature person wakes up nobody tells a mature person to go and brush his teeth they do it but sometimes children he may even forget that he is not brushing his teeth many things are inconsistent with children but they are very consistent with mature people they are mature learn consistency because see when it comes to spiritual matters consistency is key consistency consistent prayer life you don't have a consistent prayer life it's a mark that you are not growing you don't have a consistent word steady life it's a mark that you are not growing you must develop a program and be consistent with your prayer life have a daily devotional with god make it a priority seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you make it a priority that service time you will be in service you will not be spending the time doing other things that are not godly it's critical that you you learn to be consistent number eight is inability to teach others god's word when you meet a spiritual baby they lack the ability to teach god's word hebrews chapter 5 verse 13 to 11 to 13 hebrews 5 11 to 13 he said there is so much more we would like to say about this but it is difficult to explain especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen that's all he said you have been believers for so long now that you ought to be teaching others instead you need someone to teach you again the basic things about god's word you are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food beautiful scripture beautiful scripture when you meet a spiritual a spiritually mature person he has the ability in fact they desire to teach others they desire to teach others how come you have been a christian for so long you are not teaching anyone you don't have this you can't point to one child of god one christian that this one i brought him to the lord i discipled him and now he's become a christian that's a beautiful testimony that's a beautiful testimony you ought to desire and you must have but you can't have that if you don't commit yourself to grow spiritually it takes spiritual growth to come to that level it takes spiritual growth to come to a place where you'll be able to teach others because at i mean imagine you are a child you don't know much so how can you teach another person but how can you know much by spending time to study the word of god by spending time to meditate on the word of god by learning to be consistent in your work with god that way you grow and then you are in a position to teach others listen the mandate of teaching others is not something that it should be limited to only pastors and preachers no I mean, pastors are fivefold ministry. They are called to stand in the office and then preach. But the mandate to teach others about God and His Word and His ways, it is given unto us all. When you read the book of Matthew, the Bible says, Jesus said, Go ye unto all the world and make disciples. Then He said, Teaching them to observe all things. Every believer has a mandate to teach others. And that is one of the most important measures of spiritual growth and maturity. When you are growing well, you look for opportunity to teach others. How can you? You are being in church, and when you are being given an opportunity, leadership responsibility, you decline it. Sometimes I, I simply can't understand that. It's, it's a mark that you are not growing. When you are growing, you look for opportunities 
to be responsible and to help others. Number nine, spiritual babies are more prone to pride. They are prone to pride. Prone to pride. They can easily fall into the trap of pride. The book of 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 6, he says, He must not be a new believer, lest the position go into his head and the devil trip him up. When you read from the New Living Translation, he said, An elder must not be a new believer because he might become proud and the devil will cause him to fall. He was talking about qualities for spiritual leadership. And one of the things he said is that, before we put somebody into a position of leadership we must make sure that the person is not proud because when the person becomes proud and gets elevated with pride he can fall into the condemnation of the devil that is why he says when somebody is being brought into spiritual leadership the person must not be a new believer or a spiritual baby in fact the key thing is that he must not be a spiritual baby because somebody can be a new believer maybe a believer for six months and he has so he because of his hunger he has so grown that somebody who has been in church for about five years and i've seen that there are people who sometimes come because of their level of hunger and desire you know the bible said desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow there but so it takes desire you may you may be in church for years but because you lack a desire to grow you may not grow you see spiritual growth is not as automatic as natural growth as for natural growth because you are born you grow but spiritual growth you have to be deliberate in order to grow now so the bible says that before we bring people into positions of leadership we have to check this out we have to make sure that they are spiritually mature because when you are not spiritually mature you begin to see yourself as the owner of everything but as you mature you realize that everything you have god gave it to you and that humbles you Apostle Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. I labored more abundantly by the grace of God. Humble people are more conscious of what the grace of God has done in their lives and through their lives than what their human efforts have been able to accomplish. That's what one, one, one thing we see with humble people. They are conscious of the grace of God. They are conscious of the fact that whatever they have, they only received it. The Bible says in John chapter 3 verse 27, he says, a man can receive nothing except it be given to him from above. You have life, God gave it to you. You have money, God gave it to you. You have a car, God gave it to you. You have a husband, God gave it to you. And you need to appreciate that everything you have, God gave it to you. And when you have that attitude, you are always humble. You walk in humility. You don't throw your weight about because of maybe a car you have, maybe because of a, a wife you have, a child you have. No, 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 no. Because you uh, you see yourself as a recipient, a steward, and not an owner. You walk with a level, a high sense of humility. And I pray that in a way that pride has taken advantage of your life and is seeking to destroy you, God will grant you grace to overcome it. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord watch over you and may the Lord help you to continue, continuously grow from grace to grace and glory to glory. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now, bow down your heads. I don't know what you heard in this service, but I believe that God has spoken to you and you want to speak back to God. Speak to him concerning the specific area the word of God addressed and then get God to intervene in that matter. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for today, for your word that has come upon us. Thank you that by your word, our levels have changed. By your word, our status has changed. By your word, we are moving from glory to glory. We honor you and we bless you. Thank you that we are no longer babies, but we are growing 
from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God. Thank you for it. In Jesus' much less name. Amen. God richly bless you. Once again, I'm very thankful to have you join us. You had many options, uh, but you chose to be with us. And for that, we are grateful. God richly bless you. Pastor Afraqua has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages, as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call 0540-122-670 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also visit our website, www.faithhousechapel.com, for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services. 7 a.m. first service, 8.30 a.m. second service, and 10 a.m. our third service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service at 6 p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejokumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santa Runabout, Kumasi. God richly bless you.